Good morning, everyone. I just made you sit through two minutes of silence, and it felt like an eternity. <laughs> but there's a point to all of this. So in those two minutes, it might have felt a little uncomfortable, maybe a little awkward. Suddenly, I see you all like shifting, like, OK, we can relax. She's not just staring at us anymore. Um, but for some of us, in those moments of silence, we feel our anxiety levels rising. It's like sometimes we don't know what to do when it's quiet. So what did you do? Maybe you sat sitting like, what is going on? Maybe you're squirming in your seat. Maybe you had that temptation to like, take out your phone and check some text messages. Uh, maybe you were sitting there wondering, like, what is she doing? Who is she and what is she doing right now? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. My name is Lauren Wise, and I'm one of the teaching pastors here at Community. I'm also the Kid City Director over at our Yorkville location. And during those two minutes, I was sitting here just pondering my existence in the universe, my place in the world. No, I'm just kidding. I felt just as awkward as you all sitting there in your seats. You know, we're just not used to nothing. I have a nine-year-old, an eight-year-old, a four-year-old, and a 15-month-old golden retriever puppy. And so when there's quiet in my house, something is wrong. So what do we do when there's nothing to do? I take out my phone, right? I don't even remember a time when I sat in a dentist's office or sat in a drive-through without just taking out my phone, because that's what we do, right? But I'm not here to phone shame anyone today. It's hard for us to stay present in a moment of nothing for more than a few seconds. You know, Microsoft did a study a few years ago. Back in 2000, the average adult attention span any guesses? 12 seconds. Now today, it's less, eight seconds. And in comparison, the average attention span of a goldfish is nine. <laughs> so with that, let's just give it up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, no, I'm just kidding. We'll continue on in this. But the reality of it is that when we don't have anything to do, we kind of freak out. It's hard to be alone with our thoughts. So we turn on Spotify or uh, Netflix or we start scrolling social media. And what's the problem with all this? Author John Mark Comer warns us, this new normal of hurried digital distraction is robbing us of the ability to be present. Present to God, present to other people, present to all that is good, beautiful, and true in the world, even present to our own souls. So when a minute of silence is forced upon us, it can feel uncomfortable, unnerving, or threatening. But what if there are realities that we can only experience if we are willing to stop and slow down and get quiet? What if silence and solitude is actually the place where we discover God and our very own souls? We are in week two of a series we're calling The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Just as an idea, has anyone read this before or is currently reading it? Okay. My husband and his office partner, this is their third time listening to it on Audible. <laughs> they're listening to it nonstop this year to get um, his words of encouragement in their head. If you have a chance to pick it up, it really is a great book. But John Mark Comer argues that most of us are afflicted with a malady called hurry sickness. Hurry sickness is a sense of always striving, but never arriving. 
or as cardiologist Meyer Friedman once described it, a continuous struggle of unremit an unremitting attempt to accomplish or achieve more and more things or participate in more and more events in less and less time. Sound familiar? Most of us live with this hurry sickness, this crazy fast pace of life, and it's cutting off our connection to God and our own souls. But Jesus offers us a better way. So last week we heard his invitation. This is Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Rest, easy, light. I don't know about you all, but I could use a few more of that, a little bit more of all those three words in my own life. And yet, in order to experience the life that Jesus offers us, we need to live the way that Jesus lived. And that's why we're challenging each other to adopt a rule of life. So if you missed last week, make sure you go and listen to it. But a rule of life is a schedule and set of practices that help us slow down and avoid getting sucked into the hurry of our lives. Now, Jesus had a rule of life. We can pick it up in different pieces of the four books of the Bible that reveal how he spent his days. And in his rule of life, Jesus regularly engages in a practice that was critical to both his well-being and his ability to fulfill his purpose for which he came, and it's solitude. That's what we're going to talk about today, solitude. Anyone else excited about solitude? All right, good. Let's, let's move on. So at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, Luke, the physician and author, gives us insight into how Jesus practiced solitude. So we're going to pick up Luke 4. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. So here's the interesting piece of it. Before he started his public ministry, he spent 40 days in the wilderness. Now, in my family, we love to hike. My husband and I have been on a few hiking trips, our favorite uh, Glacier National Park. Has anyone been to Glacier? It is out of this world, the most beautiful place on earth. We can't wait to go back. But... Um, Hiking, and we go hiking now with our family when we can on the weekends. Um, but hiking for me is an escape. It's kind of a vacation, right? What if tomorrow your boss came to you and said, hey, I got this huge project I want you to start on. And you said, okay, sure. I'm going to take about 40 days in the wilderness first. But that's exactly what Jesus did before he performed any miracle, teaching, or healing. He spent 40 days alone in the wilderness. Now, 40 days... He's tired. He's hungry. So sometimes we can look at the scripture and we can say, you know what? That's when Jesus was at his weakest. But I would argue today this time in the wilderness was where he gained his power and his strength. And solitude was not just that one-time practice. It wasn't just those 40 days. It was a pattern, an important rule of life. So later in Luke's gospel, he tells us, Luke 5, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So the Greek, we translate the Greek, uh, was regularly withdrawing and praying. Jesus frequently felt the need to withdraw from everything that was going on around him to be alone with God. 
In fact, Luke records Jesus withdrawing to a solitary place nine different times. Jesus knew in order to carry out the work the Father sent him to do, he needed to regularly withdraw in solitude. Okay, so I have to stop here for a minute because when I said the word solitude, not a whole lot of you were excited about it. So let's talk about this word for just a second. My husband, he's an ultramarathon runner, so he's ran 30-mile races, 50-mile races. He has completed 200-mile races, and that's without um, headphones. No music, nothing. He just runs. This is 20-plus hours of silent running. He's a little bit of an introvert. <laughs> so when he hears the word solitude, he gets super excited. Me, on the other hand, again, it, it kind of freaks me out. I'm an extrovert. I'm constantly being surrounded by people and noise and children and dogs. So solitude is challenging for me. So I want to say that just so that you know, I'm right here in the trenches with you, and we're working through this together. It, is, uh, it can feel a little awkward at times to be silent and solitude in your own thoughts. But you know what? If Jesus felt the need to often withdraw, shouldn't we? If the Son of God recognized his need to regularly withdraw and be strengthened, doesn't it make sense that we need some of that solitude too? Theologian William Barclay once said, it may well be that the whole trouble in our lives is that we give God no opportunity to speak to us. Because we do not know how to be still and listen we give God no time to recharge us with spiritual energy and strength because there is no time when we wait upon him. How can we shoulder life's burdens if we have no contact with him who is the Lord of all good life? Jesus often withdrew to hear the voice of God and be strengthened to carry out his mission. But maybe today you're sitting here and thinking, okay, Jesus, but you didn't have pickups and drop-offs, and you didn't have a boss who needed to be in communication with you 24-7, and you didn't have a bunch of people relying on you all the time. You didn't have this busy lifestyle that we have today. But check this out. Jesus was busy. He was in demand. Here we go, Mark 6.30. Jesus and his disciples were too busy to eat. Anyone been there before? You just skip a meal because you forgot it. You were so busy. So many needs, so much to do. It's overwhelming. But notice how Jesus responds in this demanding time. He recognizes the need to get away. Come with me to a quiet place, he says. In fact, the busier Jesus got, the more intentional he was about withdrawing for solitude. Now, it's not easy to practice solitude in our own rule of life because there's always going to be people needing something from us. We always have demands. But I would argue it's that place of solitude that gave Jesus, the energy and strength to love people the way they needed to be loved and to serve people the way they needed to be served. Because this is what happens when we practice solitude. First, in solitude, we slow down and we hear the voice of God. There are countless voices trying to get our attention every single day, distractions that compete for our limited space in our minds and hearts. I don't know about you, but over this past year, things did slow down a little bit. Maybe you did experience more silence and solitude in your life. But right now, things are starting to speed back up. There's a whole lot of noise. And I don't know about you, but it does seem like things are getting to be a little busier and more distracting. And with all the noise in our world, we run the risk of drowning out the voice we need to hear the most, the voice of God. 
but we can hear his voice, his solitude. Now, in solitude, we also remember who we are in Jesus. If we don't take time to be alone with God, those voices that tell us we're not good enough, they get louder and louder. The voice that tells us we're failing as a parent, a spouse, an employee, as a friend, they drown out that voice that says, you are my beloved child and I love you. That's the voice we need to hear. We need to let his voice in, loud and clear, above all that other noise that wants to get into us. In solitude, we open up ourselves to the transforming work of the Spirit. So sometimes we just feel like we're not experiencing life to the full that Jesus offers. But could it be the reason we're not experiencing that is because we're not letting God in. We're not experiencing these moments of solitude because we're distracted. So how can we follow Jesus in his rule of life and incorporate solitude into our own chaotic 21st century lives? So we're going to talk about two ways that we can start incorporating these moments of solitude. So the first I want to talk about is simple moments of solitude. These ones might be a little easier for us. So we're going to start with the easy route. So I'm talking about um, you're drinking your morning coffee. And instead of turning on the news or listening to music, you're just going to sit in that silence and solitude with God. Maybe you're out walking the dog, and instead of putting in your uh, earphones to listen to music, you're just going to take that time out in nature with your dog, walking down the street. You're just going to spend that time lifting up prayer to God. Or maybe you're uh, taking public transportation or in the passenger side of a car, and instead of pulling out your phone, you're going to take that time to be silent with God. And during these times, you can lift up prayer. You know, I, this one's not going to show up on the screen, but Thessalonians 5.16, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pray continually without ceasing. In these simple moments of solitude, this can kind of be just an ongoing conversation with God, right, throughout your day. And maybe you're just thanking him for the coffee in your hand, and rejoicing that somebody made that coffee for you, um, and just praying that it gives you strength through your day. But he asks us to reach out to him, to pray continually throughout our day. So there's numerous times during the day, these simple moments of solitude that we can engage in, but I want to challenge us to take the next step. And the next step would be something called a set time of solitude in your rule of life. These are times... Um, some people would refer to these as having quiet time. Now, I laugh when I hear, hear the word quiet time because my four-year-old hates taking naps. Absolutely hates taking naps, but if I can spin it as quiet time, she might lay down for an hour and read a book. So, quiet time in my life is something a little different, but let's look at quiet time in our worlds. The old-fashioned expression, the quiet time, meaning time set aside to read the Bible and pray, probably has its origin in the words of Jesus in today's New Testament passage. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place. Jesus was intentional about getting away to a quiet place. And we can imitate that by having set times of solitude. So the first thing we need to do to get a set time of solitude is to pick a place. So um, maybe it's a place outside, 
Or maybe it's um, somewhere inside, a chair or a room, a place that offers you very little distraction. So that's the first thing we're going to do. We're going to pick a place. We're going to pick a time. So some of you are early birds. You like waking up. You're going to set your alarm 30 minutes earlier and spend some quiet time with God in your morning. Or maybe you're a late night owl. You're going to shut everything down at a certain time, and then you're going to spend that 30 minutes in quiet time with God. Or maybe you have a lunch break during your day or a break from work. If you can take that time to just remove yourself, shut everything down, slow down, and hear from God. That's my challenge to us this morning. Um, we need to get in the practice of having that set time with God, and eventually we might look forward to it and crave it even. So pick a time, and we're going to live by that in our rule of life. Now, the last thing to this, to the set times of solitude, is pick a plan right? Um, by picking a plan, maybe it's a devotional. Uh, we have the community Bible plan. You can pick up that and go through some of those questions as well. And maybe it's just lifting up prayer. Maybe there's a prayer journal that you're writing prayer requests down, and every single day you're just praying through those. Now, that's not to say you're going to go by the plan every single day. Sometimes God's going to throw out that plan and just choose that time to speak to you. But having that margin in our lives to, in, to allow God to speak to us is the most important thing. So if we, if we form the habit of withdrawing with him regular, regularly, we're going to be present to his leading. All these practices, these simple moments of solitude, these set moments of solitude, provide us the space to slow down and hear the voice of God, to remember who we are in Jesus, and to open ourselves up to the transforming work of the Spirit. Let me encourage all of us. Let's adopt this practice of solitude into our rule of life. In that place, we're going to learn to be present to God and to our own soul. All right, so I'm going to conclude today with another two minutes of silence. We're going to end church service just the way we started it. And you'll see uh, on the screen, it will dismiss you after those two minutes. So you don't have to set a timer or anything. But I want to invite us into a few moments of that silence and solitude. And listen, I understand this might be difficult. We're not used to it. It can make us uncomfortable. But I believe that God can do more in these two minutes than we can do in a whole day. So today, let's conclude with a time of solitude. And in this moment, our only aim is to be present to God. So sit back, close your eyes if you want, take some deep breaths. I simply invite you to be in his presence.